Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, everybody. Prophet is Dawn here, and I want to welcome you, welcome you to another installment of Moa's Ark, where you know God dwells, Jesus reigns, the Holy Spirit guides, and we live in the agape. <laughs> oh my God, what an awesome, awesome God we serve. What a wonderful God we serve. We are coming straight out of uh uh, a wonderful, wonderful prayer. And I just thank God. I thank God. This is our day one of 21 days of fasting. I believe God called me to a fast. And I have invited friends and family members to join in on that fasting, uh, the prayer and consecration period of 21 days. I don't know what God is going to do but I am expecting glory to glory to glory to glory each and every day that God meets us here. Amen. Uh, I'm just so grateful to the Lord for all that he is doing. I'm going to get me one of these uh, cough drops <clears throat> because my throat continues to kind of uh, stop up a little bit. But I want to thank God for all that he is doing, meeting us in our prayer hour. I am so grateful to him. But we are in prayer and fasting for the next 21 days. Today is what, October the 11th. And so we're going to be consecrating prayer and praying and fasting over the next 21 days. So our last day will be November the 1st. And I am expecting great things. Uh, I am on a Daniel's fast. So that means no, no meat. No meat over the next 21 days. Fruit and vegetables and juices and of the such. And if you desire to join me uh, from the physical aspect of it, uh, let me know. And... Um, and I'd love to send you uh, just some meal uh, prep ideals uh, to help you to make it through the day and make it throughout the 21 days. And, and I'm saying Daniel fast today, but who knows if the, if the Holy Spirit leads me to go on a full fast, um, a liquid fast, what, whatever he leads me, I'm taking this one day at a time. And so I shared with you all in my last broadcast just a little bit of what I've been hearing from God. I know I shared earlier in the year that God has been really dealing with me about planting a church, planting a ministry. And um, I've, been, I've been struggling over the last couple of years to walk in obedience to that. But I heard God clearer uh, this year uh, stating my call to pastor. And so anybody who knows me know <laughs> that I'm not doing any of this for my own uh, glory or for my own um, agenda. I am doing it because I hear from God. And I would much rather those who ought to be in position will get up and get in position. But as with so many other things, because y'all won't do it. <laughs> God, is, God is, is, is raising me up uh, to do it for his namesake and for his glory because he knows that he can trust me. 
He know I can't be brought out because I'm already sold out. <laughs> I am sold out to Jesus. You can't pay me a penny or a lick. Uh, you can't uh, praise me enough because I give him all the glory. None of these challenges that I'm seeing uh, all around the world, um, people uh, just just exploiting, exploiting uh, the gospel and exploiting the men and women of God. But God is returning us and he is calling for the remnant within the remnant. Amen. He is calling for those who will follow him in spirit and in truth. Those who are seeking his face and not his hand. <laughs> those who don't want to reflect uh, uh, as his glory. They want to be in his glory. Amen. We want to hide behind Jesus so that nobody sees us, but they only see him. Amen. Uh, anyway, so I'm excited because I started the journey and um, I don't know. I'm just taking it one step at a time. Somebody said, if God gives you uh, an assignment that you can do on your own, it ain't God. <laughs> and I'm telling you, this assignment here, I know without a shadow of a doubt, uh, that I cannot do it on my own. I am looking for God to to really just give direction as I continue uh, to to pursue what he has called me to do. But he gave me a name, y'all. He gave me a name and I'm so excited about it. It is Life Path Apostolic House of Prayer. Now, come on. I know ain't nobody surprised. Nobody surprised. Y'all know Prophet is this an intercessor. Okay, you <laughs> so that just lined right up, and it's 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 amazing how God will speak, and He speaks with a still small voice, but a very distinct, uh, uh, intelligible uh, voice. Where I know that I know that I know ain't none of this of me. <laughs> so I so you know I I know God is speaking, but anyway, excited about that. So wanted to share. Uh, that God has given me a name, uh, still trying to uh, determine location. I shared the call that God has given me with my husband uh, and, you know, to let him know this is it. This is the season. God is saying, you know, he wants me to go and plant a church and to draw souls. And um, I was telling him, I wanted to look in this area. So he said, well, are you sure about that? You know, are you sure? And when I say this area, I'm talking about where I reside. Um, so so I'm, I'm seeking God because I want to be very clear. I want to be where God wants me to be because I want every soul that is intended to come through this ministry to have easy access uh, to, to what God has uh, for them. But I know without a doubt that God is going to get the glory because I yield and I surrender to him. So anyway, uh, last week I thought I was going to be able to finish the message around the church uh, and the responsibility that we have in the earth and how we are the reflection or the world is the reflection of the church. And I've said that for many, many years as God had given me that revelation that what we see in the church 
Oftentimes, we will see it made manifest in the world. So it's infighting in the church. It's infighting in the world. Separation in the church. Separation in the world. Uh, uh, you know, uh, I ain't going to go into all the different sins, but but you know what I'm saying. We can't get it together. So how in the world are we going to be a light to show the world how to get it together. And I and, and when I tell you, I, I just feel a shift. I really do. I feel a shift. Uh, through most of my Christian walk, as I have grown a deeper relationship with God, I've observed more on a um, commercial level, I guess I can say it that way, or more on a broader level in the church. People just seek platforms all the time. They seek recognition. They seek all of these things that that don't have anything to do with kingdom building. It has nothing to do with spreading the gospel. It has nothing to do with drawing souls and, and, and living out the word of God. It's more about trying to get your platform and trying to get your face out there and trying to draw people. And now with this social media, uh, people want to uh, you know, just get the masses. But I'm telling you, I am all right with if God only has one person that is meant to come through this ministry, but they will be saved and their soul will be saved by the words that God is uh, allowing to come out of my mouth. Guess what? I'll take that one. <laughs> I don't need a thousand. I don't need 10,000. But if that's God's will, you know, it is my desire to to meet his will. But anyway, so I thought I was going to talk about the church, but I will save that for another day. And trust me, I got some good notes. I got some good notes uh, that, that we can we can talk through. And maybe that maybe that message is meant for a series when I get into the church. Who knows? Uh, but I am seeking a physical building, y'all. And I know, um, and somebody not going to like this, but I know that especially with the uh, state of the church today, God would not suffer us to be obligated to go to church because we are the church. The church is within us. He gave us fellowship and communion with one another. Uh, and he tells us to not forsake it. Because he know we need it. We need that social interaction. But we learned if we ain't learned nothing else over these last these last couple of years since this COVID been out there, that God don't need no church. He don't need no four walls. And some of us are so bound uh by traditionalism, uh religiousism and all of these other is isms, uh, that we stick and stay tied to demonic, toxic, uh, religious, just contrite ministries that don't have nothing to do with God, but we stay stuck in there. Um, but we know that it, that, that, you know, God is a faithful God. And I believe that he's taking me on this journey because church is a good thing. Now, don't get me wrong. It is a good thing. Uh, but we know that it is not a mandatory. So I am not taking for granted that God has blessed us, that he is continuing to bless us with his presence, with his presence. And as he continues to purify us and, and keep us with a sound mind and our mind stayed on him and, and focused on his 
purpose, on his purpose. I'm telling you, if you could see a picture into my heart or even have a glimpse into my mind, I'm telling you, I just want to do whatever it is that God has called me to do. I love the fact that I have to depend on him. I love the fact that I have to lean on him. I ain't the best singer, and I am most definitely not the best prolific speaker. I am sure enough not a theologian, although I always tell people I got my little degree now. I got my credentials. (laughs) But I thank God that I have to depend on him and his Holy Spirit because, see, what will happen is that while the delivery may not be what you're looking for. You're going to get what you need because it is coming from a streamlined straight from heaven and God is using me and I am yielding to him. Make sense? All right. So anyway, thought I was going to do that message. So I had to put that to the side. But today I want to talk about, do you love me? Do you love me? All right. And I'm coming from uh, John 21 and 15. And Jesus said to uh, Simon Peter, he says, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, feed my lambs, feed my lambs. How do we show God how much we love him? He told us right there. He told us through what he told Peter. He said, feed my sheep if you love me. All right, let's get into this word. Amen. All right. All right. We have a call of love on our lives. And, and and the Bible tells us, it shares with us that God is love. And I remember years ago, God giving me the revelation and, and me teaching on the very essence and species of God, right? If if we were if we were to conceptualize him in our own way of thinking, right? God can't be put into a box, but as best I can articulate God in in, in a form of a what, <laughs> because he said, I am that I am. That was, that was about all he gave us. But in a form of a what is God, and, and similar to what is man, and so if I was to say man is human, then what is God? God is love. Amen. God is love. So so once we grasp that, <laughs> we, we can understand that it is impossible to love without God because the very essence of who he is is love. God is pure and there is no evil in him. So it is impossible to love and it's especially impossible to love in the agape, which is unconditional, complete love without God. So if somebody tells you that they love, 
but they don't believe in God, then either they lie and they believe in God <laughs> and they love or 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 they don't love. So let's just be real clear about that. Amen. But God is love. But he was he was asking Peter in this passage. He was asking Peter, he said, he said, Peter, do you love me? Do you love me? And you you, you have to consider this was after uh, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, and this was during the time that he had exposed himself. And the Bible shares with us that this was the third time that Jesus had exposed himself. And he did it during the, the, the day. And they were prepping and preparing for breakfast. And they were trying to get some fish. And so they weren't getting a bite. And so when Jesus came along, he asked them, he said, have you eaten breakfast? Have you eaten? <laughs> and they said, no, they, they weren't getting anything. So, so Jesus made it so that the net was filled with fish and it was filled with an abundance. So they, it was so heavy, it gotten so heavy that they could not even pull it in um, easily. It was so heavy. Uh, so they were able to eat breakfast. And it's, it's so much more to the story. I just want to get to the point of what God gave me for you all tonight. But I encourage you to go and, and read uh, John, uh, the, the entire chapter 21. It is so magnificent. But anyway, so, so he went on to ask Peter, he said, do, do you love me? Do you love me? And so, of course, the first time Peter said, yeah, yeah, of course I love you. I love you. And he said, well, feed my sheep. And so, so he went on, he asked him again, he said, do you love me? And so Peter said, yes, you know, I, I love you. And, and, and he's a little curious now, like, okay, now I told you the first time I love you. He said, but Jesus told him, he said, shepherd my sheep. <laughs> so the third time Jesus went and asked him again and, and guess what Peter had the audacity because y'all know Peter I used to call myself little Peter early in my walk but Peter had a little attitude problem and, and so so he got he had the nerve to get annoyed with God with Jesus when he asked him again for the third time he got a little attitude. And so the Bible tells us in, in verses 17 through 19, he said, then he said a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, Jonah or Jacob, you, I mean, I'm sorry, you'll find Jonah or John, depending on the version of the Bible that you're reading. He said, do you love me? And Peter was upset that he, he was so upset that he asked for the third time, do you love me? So he answered him. He said, Master, you know everything there is to know. He said, you got to know that I love you. Jesus went on to say, he said, feed my sheep. I'm telling you the very truth now. He said, when you were young, you dressed yourself. And went wherever you wish. But when you get old, you'll have to stretch out your hands while someone else dresses you. 
and takes you where you don't want to go. And so Jesus was giving him insight into what his fate was going to be. But nonetheless, Jesus told him, he said, feed my sheep. And the point that I'm trying to get across to us tonight is that God has a call on our lives to love. And in that love, we must feed and shepherd his sheep. We must feed and shepherd his sheep. If you continue on, and I, I, I tell people because, you know, y'all pray for, uh, uh, can I say uh, pastor now? Maybe, maybe, maybe I got to wait until I get my official ordination uh, papers, uh, which I've applied for. But anyway, um, pastor, prop, pastor don't just roll off right. All right, prophetess. Y'all pray for prophetess because y'all know I still be watching those reality shows. I don't know. It just reminds me of, of my people. I don't know. But, <laughs> but I oftentimes say the Bible is better is a better drama than any reality show because folks are something else. And Peter was something else because he even had the nerve to, to turn around. He got an attitude because... Jesus asked him for a third time, do you love me? And then Jesus gave him some insight and foresight into what his fate was going to be. And he had the nerve to turn around and look at the, the disciple that was with Jesus, the one that they identified as the one he loved. They, say, they said Jesus loved him. And he had the nerve to ask Jesus, well, what's going to happen to him? <laughs> he said, what? He said, so what? So what's going to happen to him? And Jesus said, well, wait a minute. If I want him to live until the day I come back, that ain't got nothing to do with you. That's none of your business. That's what I want to do. You focus on what I told you to do. How many times do we question God about somebody else? Just stay in your lane, mind your own business. Just know that you have a call to love. And that call to love will manifest itself by way of feeding and shepherding God's sheep. What does that mean in, in reality and all practicality? Because like I said, with me, I know I heard God. I heard God call me to the uh, ministry of pastoring. He wants me to, to um, extend his love to his people through the office of a pastor, right? To help to enhance the quality of their lives by leading and direction of the Holy Spirit and by guidance of Jesus Christ, right? So I get it. I know that I've been called to feed a sheep. I've been called to shepherd. And so I study and I try to get into the presence of God because I don't want to be wrong and I don't want to be in myself as I approach or come to the people. But what does that mean for you? Because number one, I'm going to tell you the truth. God has called me to leaders. So if you are hearing under the sound of my voice, God has called me to leaders, those who will lead, 
who will help to draw and to lead. So what does that mean? That means that you have to up your ante, up your game and begin to share, evangelize and witness to people who God allows to walk across your path. Now, I'm not about to use a whole bunch of big words. I ain't going to hoop and holler and I ain't going to try to coerce you into doing something that is not already resonating in your spirit. I just want to ignite something in you and stir up the gift that is on the inside. You don't need a microphone, but let me tell you something. On a sad note, if you come to Life Path Apostolic um, House of Prayer, if God gives you a word, if God gives you a word, Trust and believe you're going to get the mic. But anyway, that's a side note. But you don't need a microphone. You don't need a platform. You don't need anything but the spirit of God within you, a voice and a boldness to feed God's sheep. Do you know how many people are hungry for the word of God? They are hungry. They are you you hungry. <laughs> I mean, you hungry because you want to you want to came to hear this word. You wouldn't even clicked on on this podcast. So imagine if you hungry, how many people surrounding you are hungry and all they need is a word from the Lord. And if God can speak through you, if he can use you to feed his sheep, God is asking today, do you love me? Do you love me? And if you love me, feed my sheep, shepherd my sheep. That's how we demonstrate the love of God. Can you imagine as a parent? Uh, I've I've had seven children uh, that we have raised. My husband and I have raised and now we have grandchildren. And one thing about me, and I shared this with y'all, y'all know it's the truth. I was obsessed with my babies. Let me tell you the truth. So much so that I I made them idols. God had to he had to shut it down because he knew he knew it was gonna be such a time as this. You know, I had to just he said he said he said leave it all and follow me and follow me. Are you willing to leave it all? Just shed it all and follow me. And and I'm telling you, I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't do it unless I walked the path that he took me through. But anyway, I loved and I love my children. I was obsessed with my children. They were my idols and God had to, you know, just show me in the best way and chastise me and help me get over it. And I have. Uh, but nonetheless, if you love me, you love them. <laughs> it, it, listen. Listen, because I am, I am uh, not unbiased. I'm extremely biased when it comes to my children. So you can't love me and not love them. You can't love me and do them wrong. You can't love me. <laughs> you understand? So I get when Jesus said, do you love me? Do you love me? Because if you love me, you will feed my sheep. What I believe God is is saying to us tonight, I think he wants to prepare us and he wants to let us know that in these times, as unstable as they appear to be, he's bringing shelter 
and, and stability. He's, he's bringing us into a, a crossover protection. Have you ever seen a, a, a woven basket that kind of like, you know, crisscross over and, and you can't get much through. It's kind of, you know, filtered and, and sheltered. That's the kind of covering that I believe God is, is bringing to us in this season, in this season. And, and he's doing it because we need it, because we need it. There's so much going on in the world to where God has to place a, a, a hedge of protection around us. But nonetheless, while he's placing that protection around us, don't expect that the trials and the tribulations that we have gone through, that they're going to get lighter uh, than they are or, or they're going to pass. Okay. Because sometimes we just need to get real with stuff. This is, this is what disrupts our faith. Because we want God to be, or we want Jesus to be a genie in a bottle. And when we run into situations, we want him to remove them or, or lighten them versus increasing our faith. That no matter what we go through, that God is going to bring us out victoriously. So God wants you to know uh, I, I say this a lot of times, right? When people say God won't put more on you than that which you can bear, uh, that is a lie. And and I can no longer say from the pits of hell because hell ain't got no pit yet. <laughs> but it's coming. It's coming. But it is a lie that God will not put more on you than that which you can bear. You will not find any sound theological evidence to support that. As a, matter, as a matter of fact, you will find the contrary. Because he said he is our strength and our weakness. So he will put more on you than that which you can bear because he needs to be the burden bearer. Allow him to bear the burden. Our job is to have faith. Our job is to have faith that God is going to bring us out victoriously. And what that means is there are tests and trials that we will uh, endure and things that we will have to go through. And God brings those things for the perfecting of the saints. He does that so that he can perfect our character, so he can help us to develop into what he has called us to do. So, so oftentimes we go through tests and trials and tribulations and, and we ask, you know, God, why, why should, should we go through this when we are children of God? And, and, and if we have the victory, why is it that those around us are smooth sailing, but we continue to go through um, these situations. I, I started looking into uh, whether or not God tempts us or whether or not God um, tests us. And I think that there have been messages that I've heard over the years and even my own ignorance and, and misunderstanding of the word of God. I believed that God would, would not ever tempt us or in, and translating that into testing 
us. And that's not the truth. God will never um, tempt us in the sense of luring us into evil desires because there's nothing evil about God, okay? He will never, ever, um, uh, you know, encourage us to or tempt us into evil desires, but he will test us because he wants to stretch us and he wants to teach us and he wants to uncover the things that we need to uh, strengthen and we need to work on. Amen. So he won't, he won't um, tempt us. And what did I write here in my notes? I said, God never tempts us with evil, yet he will test and examine us to ensure maturity. God's testing is relative. And is relative in the sense that he already knows the end from the beginning. So his testing is for us to strengthen our um, to strengthen our character and to unmask issues of our heart. So he already knows the the end. From the beginning, it's almost like a professor or a teacher that wants to, you know, stretch you and they want to test you so that you can get the lesson. Okay. I just went through uh, a certification. Uh, um, I attempted to get another certification <laughs> and I and uh, I didn't pass my test for the first round, but I'm going to go through it again. And I'm, I'm fairly confident that I'll, I'll pass it the second time. But in my preparation for the test, uh, the way that my mind works, I, and I've always been this way, even as a child, uh, I have to re-engineer uh, the, the solution right? I have to re-engineer the answer from the solution, right? So I have to, I have to kind of know what the answer is and then work my way back, right? Like, how did, how did you get to that? And so that's why um, the ingenuity of, or the tool of the test and learn has, has really worked for me over the years. And some people use it as a quick method of just, you know, um, memorizing answers, but I don't use it that way. I, I genuinely use it as a learning tool and technique because it's like, what, okay, if I understand a, the answer and then the logic behind why the answer is the way that it is, then I can easily pass the test. But sometimes in the reverse, when I'm learning new concepts or ideals, it's hard for me to grasp things, um, in a abstract way. Like if it's not tangible, if I can't touch it, if I can't see one plus one is two or black and white is gray, you know, stuff like that, I won't get it. And I'm telling you, it's just the way my mind is, is made up. Maybe somebody who in psychology or psychiatry or, or uh, uh, education will know better why my mind is made or neurology. I don't know. Uh, know why my mind is made up that way, but it, it just is. And sometimes I learn from understanding the answer and then working my way back, uh, re-engineering the solution. And God will test us that way because he's given us the answers. He's giving us, he's given us his word. His word tells us, and it's right there in James 1 and 5, it says, if any of you lack wisdom, 
Let him ask God who gives to all liberally and without reproach and it will be given to him. See, he don't even, he don't even make you feel stupid. <laughs> Sometimes when we learn this stuff, especially in school, when we try to learn something and people who, who listen, let, let's just be real about it. People who have a challenge with explaining stuff, they try to make you feel stupid when they can't, <laughs> when you ask them an inquiry question. All right. But anyway, he gives us the answers. He gives us the answers before we even ask because it's right in his word. All we have to do is to open up his word. His word tells us in Matthew 6 and 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. (laughs) He just simply wants us to incline our hearts to him. He wants us to attune our ears to his voice. He wants us to learn his voice. And I'm telling you, I was listening and I I never can remember names. That's just something I'm dealing with. Uh, But it was a minister, you know, back in the day. And he was talking about learning the voice of God. And one of the instructions that he gave, and it always stuck with me and it it never left me. When you're learning God's voice, act because faith without works is dead. And if you don't believe that you know the voice of God, yield yourself to to the vulnerability of being right or wrong, right? If you believe that you hear the voice of God, act on it, act on it. And I, I guarantee you just because of the purity of your heart, and the sincerity of, of your desire to want to hear from him, he's not going to allow you to go too far off, <laughs> you know, but but act on it, act on it. I mean, even the guy was so specific, right? He was saying, even if you're you're driving, you know, you go your regular route to get to the grocery store, ask God to show you another way. Ask God to show you another way. Quiet yourself to hear from him and, and, and just all right, God, do I go left or right? And then you, you, you know, if you hear left, go left. But, but let's say you should have took a right. Then they just know that wasn't the tone of God's voice. <laughs> but, but, <clears throat> but there's a way to learn the voice of God. And, and he wants that. He desires for you to have that. He'll speak to us. He'll give us messages. He'll give us urgent messages. He'll console us. He'll be there for us if we just listen, if we just listen and know and understand that God is a jealous God. He is a jealous God. And and I explain it like this because people say, well, I thought you said it wasn't nothing evil in God. And how is God jealous? Jealous ain't, ain't, you know, of God. But the reality is, Jealousy is is similar to, you know, I always say a wife can be jealous of her husband's affection to another woman, but a mistress can't be jealous of a wife. A mistress can only envy what the wife has. And so envy is where you start veering off into trouble because God is a jealous God. So those things that are rightfully his that is being usurped for someone else, God will be jealous. 
So he is a jealous God. He's jealous of his children. He wants us to know and understand that we are his. And not even us. We we can't even intrude or, or hinder the plans that he has for our lives by trying to work them out ourselves. God don't allow that. He does allow us to do the things that are within his will. And that's the key, understanding and finding out what is in God's will, learning how to be obedient to that still, small voice. See, we don't got to the point and the place that we think that we can just do whatever we want to do because the world and society tells us that we can do anything. And the, the sad part about it is that consequences don't come immediately. And so we just continue to to sow and sow and sow. And because we have not yet reaped, is that is that right? Reaped or rep? Maybe I'll make up a word. Because we haven't reaped what we have sown, we think we're not going to reap. But there is a day of reckoning. So we have to be careful. We have to listen to the voice of God. We have to know his voice and walk in obedience. We have to walk in love. We have to walk in God. Y'all following me? I hope this is helping somebody because we have to turn back to our first love. We have to put our faith in action. We have to do what God has called us to do in this season. It's I, I know that so much is going on. I mean, even in my own life, you know, watching family members struggling with with uh disease and, and 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 cancer and and this covid you know so much going on struggling and and look not just the ill illness in their body but struggling with poverty and and uh you know even some emotional or mental illnesses it's it's a challenge it's a challenge it's not easy to have to endure and go through things and and know here here we are tonight thinking that God is going to say, okay, I'm going to lift every burden. Don't even worry about it. It'll be a fast fix. And God is saying, I need you to understand long suffering. I need you to know that the trials or the tests are not going to pass the way that you think that they will. But I will give you the grace, the endurance, the character the integrity <laughs> that you need to make it through. But you got to return back to your first love. You got to get into my presence. You got to begin to consecrate yourself and separate yourself. Separate yourself from these voices of distraction that will cause you to lose faith in our God. The naysayers. The ones that, you know, will tell you or lead you to believe that God is not in full control over your life. God is in full control. I don't care what is going on. And, and, and like I said, his tests are relative. His tests are relative. is 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 re- relative to the relationship that you have with him as a parent. And this is how oftentimes I relate to God, you know, as a parent. And I've had seven children that my husband and I raised. And I tell you the truth. 
<laughs> All seven of them have a different personality. All seven of my children have a different relationship with me. All seven of my children have been tested and tried by me in different ways because they're different. It takes a different solution. It takes a different approach to rear children who are different. And God in all his knowing and all his wisdom that I will never question in my life decided that he would make humans different. <laughs> <laughs> with different personalities. And look, I'm complaining, or not complaining, but I'm making jokes. My, my mama had 12. So imagine that. You got all these different personalities that you have responsibility over, and you have to adjust and adapt. I used to, you know, tell my kids after a while, you know, when they got a little bit older, and it seemed like they all were doing something at the same time just to, you know, wreck my nerves or or just, you know, put me in a state of whatever. And I'm like, but look, it's one of me <laughs> doing whatever it is you feel like I'm doing to one of you. But it's five, six, seven of y'all at one time, you know. So, but anyway, the point that I'm making is that God's relationship with us, the tests, the trials, the things that he puts us through is relative to who we are. What he is trying to get out of us, the, the, the call, the mandate that has been placed on our lives so that we will leave this earth empty. That we will leave this earth empty having fulfilled the full purpose and plan that God has had for our lives and for those that he has assigned to our lives. It ain't just, it ain't just the preachers, the, the pastor, excuse me, the teacher, the evangelist, the, you know, uh, the bishop. You know, it, it, it ain't just a five-fold ministry. But if you've been called to an office, it's, it's the season to start walking in, and I'm just going to let you know that. But it ain't always that. If if God is, has even, if you're just on the pew, and I'm just making the analogy from a church building perspective, but y'all know what I'm talking about. You have a responsibility and an obligation to whom much is given, much is required. And if God has given you much knowledge and revelation about who he is, who are you to hoard it to yourself? God has never changed his mind. He's never changed his mind about the promises that he's made. He's never changed his mind about the protection that he has given us. And, that, and anything that God has established in the earth, he has never, ever changed his mind. We are the ones who shift. Sometimes I find myself going through the worst battles of my life. And turn around and look up and, and, and ask myself, when was the last time you prayed? When was the last time you just got before the Lord and just laid it all at the altar? You know, because we get busy. 
We get busy. And, and when I tell you tarrying for the Holy Spirit, it's still relevant. <laughs> but it takes time. <laughs> it takes time. And we get so busy and caught up with our lives. Guess what? God is saying tonight, those things can wait. Those things can wait. But what cannot wait is you hearing a rhema word, a right now word from God that can pull your child out of the trenches of the enemy, of the enemy's camp. I get so frustrated uh, with 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 the kids. And I, I know, you know, my parents' generation, they probably was frustrated with us. As a matter of fact, it ain't no probably about it. You know, I know they were frustrated with us because as we were becoming adults, we just went buck wild, some of us. I'm just going to speak for me. And uh, but but I get so frustrated. Some of the things that I hear uh, that that our youth are doing, you know, but what is what if God wants you to get a rhema word to speak into the atmosphere that will just like that, pull that child out. Or, you know, another challenge that I've been going through lately is just watching the elders of our family. It's, it's difficult. It's difficult to watch them with ailments and sicknesses and, and, and things that, you know, you, you can't fix. You can't fix because if I can fix it with sending them on a trip to, uh, <laughs> you know, a, 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 a cruise or, or a trip to Hawaii or anything like that, I would do it. I would do it in a heartbeat, but you can't. And it's so hard to watch, but just imagine if the Holy Spirit was just unctioning you to just get into his presence, to get into his presence so that he will download the power that will heal their body. See, our lives are not our own. I remember growing up, uh, with my granddad, his name was Doug. Ooh. Sorry. Oh boy, my granddaddy Doug. I got a challenge with ice, y'all. And he used to always say that your life is not your own. I mean, he would always say that. Your life does not belong to you. And what he meant by that is that you have people who love you. That the things that you do in your life can impact them in ways that you couldn't even imagine. And so he would always say that to me. And primarily because I probably was out there wilding out. But the same for the kingdom. Our lives are not our own. I don't do what I do for me. And I I promise y'all, I promise you, I do not do what I do for me. I do not come and try to seek God to get a word for myself. Because I need to get my ego stroked or, or boost up my ego or try to find a platform or, or trying to get money or anything like that. I don't do this stuff for me. I do it because 
I keep constantly hearing God say, I, I, I need you. You, you got to get in position. You got to do what I called you to do. And, and, and it's another thing I don't understand. Having worked all of my life, the first job I ever got, I was 14 years old. I, I worked uh, in the summer youth program. Well, wink, wink, I was 13 because <laughs> I started school early. But anyway, I was 13 years old, supposedly 14, but I worked on the summer youth program and I worked for uh, a law firm and I was a clerk there. Um, they had me doing, you know, just administrative stuff. I was even typing. Can you believe it? 13. I was close to 14. Uh, but anyway, going through the summer youth program, that was my first job. And, and beyond that, I've worked multiple jobs in different arenas and, you know, different industries. But any job I ever worked, I understood and knew that any of the assets on that job belong to the company. Not only the assets, but also the customers. So I, I didn't walk in on the job and figure, hey, you know, I'm, I'm 13 years old. You know, I'm 14 years old. I'm, I'm boss hog and I'm coming up in here and I'm running things. This is my job. You know, I can, I can take the, the pens, all the pens I want, paper clips and, and, and sticky notes, right? At <laughs> that time, you know, hey, cause this is mine. This is my stuff. Anybody to come through the door, you're my customer. I never had that mentality. I never had that way of thinking. And so it would not behoove me to adopt that type of poor behavior as an extension of God's love to his people in the position of a minister. So I don't want your money. <laughs> Trust me, I made a covenant with God so many years ago. I said, God, I don't want to look. I don't want to be associated with nobody or nothing or even reflect the presence of evil by taking from your people. I don't I don't I don't want what they say. I don't want that smoke. <laughs> what we a mess. One time, me and my brother got into a, a, a argument, and uh, I get so mad at them when they try to talk street to me, you know, because I'm I'm governed under a different kind of uh uh let's see principle, in a sense, and they govern under something else. So my words don't translate well in their world, you know, and and. Anyway, I can't stand when they talk street to me because I get offended. Like, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm your sister. And, and for the most part, I'm your big sister. So, But anyway, one time my brother said to me, he said, I don't want that smoke. And I was so mad. I probably cussed. <laughs> I, said, I said, I want, I, I don't just want the smoke. I want the fire or something I said that was snappy, but it was, it was funny. But anyway... I don't want that kind of smoke. I don't want that smoke from God to where I will bastardize and contaminate the power of his anointing by taking advantage of his people. So if, if you can't hear it in your heart, 
You're going to hear it through your ears. Nothing I do, nothing I do for ministry is for me. Absolutely nothing. Anything that I've ever done has been born out of prayer. Prayer in the sense of I will be praying and praying and God say, I, I, I need you to do this. It's, it's, it's too much going on in the family. It's too much, you know, heartache and it's too much pain, too much sadness. And, 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 and we about to burst and we about to break. Do a retreat. It's, it's too much going on with the family. It's too much going on, you know, in, in, in households. We, we got to come together and pray. But I'm, when I tell you I was met with, with so much opposition, so much opposition when God said go forth. And, and, I, and, and when I tell you from the ones that I thought should have been right there supporting the effort. But see, God had to expose Ooh, but ain't nothing going to stop me now. Ain't nothing going to stop me now because I know that I know that I know that God has called me to this thing. <laughs> I am assured. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm just taking one step at a time. But one thing I'm clear on is that he is using me as an instrument and an extension of his love. And so I have to take on that responsibility to feed his sheep and to shepherd his sheep, to love his sheep, to encourage his sheep. I, you know, I can't, I can't even get petty with y'all no more. <laughs> yeah, okay. Woo, when you walk in the office, can you believe it? Can you imagine if I was on my job and I was able to just let my hair down and just, you know, be me? With some of them folk. And y'all y'all done heard the stories. Y'all done heard the stories. I would be booted off the job the next day if I said some of the stuff I want to say. So then why wouldn't I take that same approach? Because I'm in position. I'm on my position. I am in the office doing the job that God has called me to do, and I have to represent him. I have to protect his assets. I have to make sure that I put on the right face for his customer so that they can receive what it is that he needs for them to receive. It ain't about me. It ain't nothing about me, because if it was about me, trust me. <laughs> I would be doing none of it. I would be doing none of it. I love God. I love his people. I love God and I love his people. You see what God is doing? You see the position that he's given me? Some of these things that I, I just look around and I'm like, wow, man. But God said, I needed to, I needed to push you forward. I needed to push you forward forward. And it was in spite of and despite many of the naysayers, they call them haters. I call them uh, motivators, <laughs> congratulators. You know, God had to, he had to excel and he had to push me forward because he wants others to see this is what obedience looks like. 
This is what walking in obedience look like. And I tell y'all all the time, I'm so grateful to my parents, you know, for being my parents. I'm, I'm so thankful for God for giving me a physical manifestation of that type of a, a agape, unconditional love in the flesh. He gave it to me through my parents. He gave me so many examples from them. And when we were growing up, you knew, you knew who was doing right and you knew who was not doing right, who was doing wrong because the ones who were doing right, they were rewarded for what they did. They were separated, put apart. They were put, pushed forward because they were doing what they were supposed to be doing. So my parents wanted to put them on display. This is what happens, Dom, when 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 you do right. <laughs> look look at look at that sister over there. That that's what happened. When you get all A's on your report card and and, and all ones, you know. Back then I was getting A's and B's, you know. I probably got a few C's and maybe D's once I started getting into middle school or something like that. But elementary, ooh boy, we get some good whoopings. But nonetheless, I just could not stop getting two minuses or threes. It just it just wasn't gonna happen. <laughs> I just couldn't help myself. I just had to get at least three or four threes. And and for those of you who didn't grow up in our era, a three in citizenship was not a good thing. As you got a you got a one out of three. And a one was good, a three was bad, and two was, you know, midway. And I just could not help myself. But nonetheless, my parents demonstrated to us reaping and sowing without even knowing it, right? I'm sure they knew it, but without just articulating it in a way that we understood it. It got us the same way. He's, he's doing it in my life. He's doing it in my life. No way you could even... Uh, Tell me five, ten years ago that God would be doing what he's doing today. And, and check this out. If you take me back ten years, what I am living today began back then. The foundation that God was building on the inside of me is now being manifest into fruit because I'm seeing the fruit of my labor. I'm living it. But I have been going through so much in my life. Ten years ago, I didn't even want to be on this, on this earth. I wanted God to take me out of here. Because I was going through so much. It was so much crushing and so much breaking. And God was just testing me and the enemy was attacking me, you know. And I was going through so much in my life. I had no idea where God was bringing me. And I'm not talking about a physical place of, you know, the, the house that I'm in now is nice. It's beautiful. And I'm, I'm looking to own it soon. <laughs> so I'm still praying about that, and, and working towards it, you know, faith without works. But I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about being able to have a peace of mind. 
being able to even in the midst of trials and 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 struggle to know that God is going to see you through. My life is not perfect and I don't I don't even try to cast that image. As I told you on the last po- uh cast podcast I just had to laugh when I heard what people was thinking I thought about myself. I said, ooh, if only they knew. I'm the least person to think I'm the best. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I, I know that I ain't the best. That's why I'm trying to help other people that ain't the best like me to get through. But I'm not mediocre. See, that's that's the that's the challenge. I confuse people. I confuse people because mediocrity, I, I, I can't stand it. You do the best that you can do and seek for the best. <laughs> but God is calling us. He is calling us. There is a clarion call to love. So if you don't get nothing else out of this message tonight, Know that there is a clarion call to action, to love. And love, remember, is the very essence of who God is. It is impossible to love without God. Love manifests itself in what it does. It's an action. That's why Jesus said to Peter, do you love me? Because he could have left it at the emotion of love. He could have left it at, okay, all right, you said you love me. It's all good because in your head and in your mind, you love me. But Jesus didn't stop there. He said, if you love me, feed my sheep. I put the if you in there. He, he just told him, he said, do you love me? He responded, Jesus said, feed my sheep. Do you love me? He responded. He said, shepherd my sheep. We all have a responsibility and and an accountability to feed. To shepherd. Don't you just think that because you're not a preacher, a teacher, whatever, that you don't have the responsibility. We all have the responsibility And I want to leave you with this. Because I want you to know that God is our burden bearer. He is a promise keeper. He will protect us. He will guide us. He will direct us. But we got to do our part. We can't be afraid and allow the enemy to swallow us up and our adversaries to swallow us up. We can't allow our own ambition to swallow us up. But we got to know how to tap into and how to stay connected to the vine and the source of our power. And that is getting into the presence of God. You have to get into his presence. You have to get into his word. You have to get and see a lot of times we we want to get woke and we want to hear 
and listen to um, what people tell us, but we, we don't want to hear and listen to the man or woman of God as, 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 a, as a point of authority. And I want you to hear me clearly. You have to listen to the word of God because God will make a believer out of you. You just don't want to get to the point where you have the opportunity to hear the word and act on the word and benefit and, and reap the, the blessings of the word versus not listening and, and rebelling and having to live out the consequences of not enacting the word. You want to hear the word tonight that we have to get in position. We have to reposition ourselves to receive from God. You got to do what you got to do. If you got to turn on your gospel music. Today, I, I work from home today and I just... I turned my TV on. They got this thing on. Um, well, I've, I've got a, a smart TV. So they have a YouTube app. And then on your phone, you can cast from your phone to YouTube. Okay. So I just got up this morning before I had a doctor's appointment uh, this morning. And before I left, I just turned on prayer. And I, I uh, my baby... Uh, was asking me about Cindy Trim the other day, and I like listening to Cindy Trim, so I turned on her prayer. Then there's another uh, minister. Uh, he's a, and I hate to identify, well, I don't hate to identify people as race because I identify myself with different race, but he he's Hispanic. Uh, he has a Hispanic ministry. And then there's another one uh, who I believe he's from Nigeria, I'm not sure, but I like to listen to their prayers. I'm telling you, it's just so impactful, you know, and it, it gets me going. You know, sometimes I turn on my gospel music. It gets me going. Sometimes I, I try to even sing, you know, <laughs> in the spirit. And there are some ministries that I like to listen to, you know, um, the word because I get revelation, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, come on, y'all, don't, don't play like we haven't been separated from the presence of, you know, of, of, of God through this pandemic because we haven't had the church that we can run to. And that routine of going day after day, you know, I, I'm telling you, I know a lot of folk that during that pandemic, that first week was hard. The second week was, may have been harder. By the time they got to the seventh or eighth week, it started getting easy. And now they got the audacity to open the church doors back up and folk don't even want to get up. <laughs> don't even want to go to church. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You you can fall out of that practice and the routine of doing that thing. And you fall out of getting into God's presence because that's a gift that he gave us. He gave us the gift of his presence through these other uh, certain vehicles. Like listening to his word and, you know, just setting setting the, the atmosphere. And I don't want to get too involved in that because we can do a teaching on that too. But it's time for us. We, 
We we are not defeated. Now, I do believe that there are some trials that we have to endure to the end because it's, it's for the process. Some things God is just going to come and wipe out. Some things God is going to make us go through. But if we don't have the power, if we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit, the power of Jesus, the power of the blood, to help us to get through. If we don't have God, we are not going to survive. Show God you love him. Show him you love him. Show him you love him. If if it's not too late tonight when you hear this message, if by the end of this you walk by somebody and you can share the love of God, do it. But if not, wait till tomorrow. Show God you love him. Feed a sheep. Feed a sheep. Give them a word. Even if you don't say nothing but Jesus loves. <laughs> Some folk just waiting to hear it from you. Ain't that something? You can have all the gusto, knowledge, intellect in the world. Some folk waiting to hear it from you. Feed my sheep. Do you love me? Do you love me? Shepherd my sheep. Do you love me? Because <laughs> one day in your youth, you're going to be able to put your clothes on yourself. But the next day, you're going to put them on and go where you want to go. But the next day, somebody's going to have to hold your arms up and drag you where they want you to go. Do you love me? Knowing the end, even before you get there. Do you love me? Ain't that something? Feed my sheep. Shepherd my sheep. All right. Well, that's about it. Just want to look through my notes. I had a few other things that I wrote down. I know it says, study my words, study the Bible. Says because of my faithfulness to you, even your enemies will recognize my power over your life. I will keep you in sickness and in death. I will be your sure comfort. That's what God is saying. That's what God is saying. He's saying, 